Well, this is a unique Sunday morning, January 1st, 2017. I'm wondering if there's anybody here who would like 2017 to be better than 2016. Okay, about half of you wish that 2017 be worse than 2016. I'm surprised I didn't see every hand up on that one. I do too. And my burden as your pastor is that I want 2017 to be better for you. I want it to be better for our church. And so I, I thought, oh, I have this one chance, you know, to, to talk at, on January 1st about how to make 2017 better. And I got kind of fired up about that. And I thought, what is it that I would like for the church. And so here, here are some things that I thought of. I would like them to have compassionate hearts. I would like them to have kindness and humility and meekness and patience. I, boy, if I could preach a sermon that would do that, wouldn't that be great? I would hope they'd bear with one another and that when they had offense against one another, they would forgive one another. Boy, that would be fabulous. I want 2017 to be a year of love and of peace and of gratitude. And so what should a guy say so that the coming year looks like that? Should I come up with some kind of message that says, you know, do a little better? Try a little harder. Maybe, maybe 2017 should be a year that we get rid of some of the bad things. That would be good, right? So I thought, how about this? Put to death what's of the earth, what is earthly within you? Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, if those things disappeared, that would be fabulous. Okay. Or verses 8 and 9. But now, put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Don't lie to one another. Okay. I hope if I said, how many of you would like these char- more of these characteristics in your life in 2017? None of you would raise your hand on that one. You could be asleep. Right? I don't want more anger. I don't want more wrath. Right? So, what are we going to do to get rid of those things and get the right things? How is that going to happen. Okay, let's turn in your Bibles if you, if you haven't figured out where I'm going to go. <laughs> I gave you some good hints, I have to say. But Colossians chapter 2. We'll start in verse 20 of Colossians chapter 2. So open your Bibles if you would to Colossians chapter 2. Because really, if 2017 is going to be better than 2016, something must be the pivot point. There must be some fulcrum by which 2017 is levered to be different than 2016. And I want to show you what that is. Colossians chapter 2, verse 20. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. 
These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. But they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. This is, uh, you may think of this as the central uh, text in this entire book of Colossians. And it uncovers for us what the, the key to this new and improved life is like. Change comes in our lives not merely by a more concerted effort, but rather by identification with Christ. That is the key to the change that all of us want more of in 2017. Look at what it says here. In chapter 2, verse 20, if you died. Other versions would say, since you died. This is a conditional clause that expects that the answer is, well, I have, therefore, something must happen. And so, since is probably a more confident translation of this. Since with Christ you have died. That's, that's the place to start. Then chapter 3, verse 1, same, same problem. Since then you have been raised with Christ. If you've been raised with Christ, then you have. Then do this. Now, those two phrases... With Christ you died. And if you've been raised with Christ, when we read through our Bibles or when we read through Colossians, those are ones that we just skim right over. It says, oh, that's just sort of spiritual mumbo-jumbo that gets in the way of me getting right down to what I'm supposed to do. Okay. But I want to suggest to you that it's not spiritual mumbo-jumbo. That the, your death with Christ and your resurrection with Christ are now the defining elements of your life. The fulcrum that will change your behavior, that will change your life, that will change your marriage, that will change your energy, that will change you, is your identification with Christ. If you have been raised with Christ, and you have, to believe, part of the, when we talk about the Gospel, Part of what we're talking about is the good news that God has done for you what you can't do for yourself. And certainly, if you are without Christ, apart from Him, on your way to hell, and you repent of your sins and trust Jesus to be your Savior, and you get saved, wonderfully saved from your sin, yes, He's done something for you you can't do for yourself. 
And then what do we do after that? Then we say, hey, I guess now I better get busy and be a good Christian. But the reality is, this is part of the Gospel. This is part of the good news that extends for the rest of your life on this earth. And the good news is that when you trust Jesus to be your Savior, He not only saves you from the penalty of your sin, but He invites you into a dynamic union with Jesus. So that you and Jesus are connected to one another. And it's that connection or union with Christ, is a theological term, it is that union with Christ that enables you then to, to live as though you believe. This is the key. Now you can think of it like this. I was trying to think, what kind of things or people are we, you know, united with? Okay, suppose, suppose you get on a ship, right? Say you're going to just step off of the dock onto the ship and you're going to go on a cruise. So we'll say a cruise or a voyage, okay? If you have gotten on the boat, and you have, don't long for the land. Okay? If you've gotten on the boat, being on the boat is now the defining thing in your life. Where that boat goes, you go. And so, you're defined by your connection to the boat. If, let's just say you were invited to be part of a team. Maybe some of you were invited on, on a teams at work or a sports team. That team now de- determines the way that you behave when you have the uniform on or when you are in that context. Because you have been united with those other people on that team. One of the key unions that the Bible recognizes and uh, lifts up is marriage. If you have been married, then you're going to need to set your heart on things that will help your marriage. You're going to need to move in the direction of that marriage, not away from it. And because that now defines you, you're, you're different than you were before. And so, this union with Christ is like those things. If you get in, if you get united with Christ, then what comes from that union with Christ is the energy and the strength and the direction of life that enables you to have a different kind of life than you would otherwise. Let's look at how that plays out. Okay, before, but before we do, I want you to see that there's something that looks right that isn't right. Okay? There, is a, there is a counterfeit way of doing this. And, and, and it has to do with the way that most 
New Year's resolutions happen. Okay, I on my way on my way to church this morning. It was spitting snow, and I mean it had to just be miserable outside my truck. And I saw this guy out jogging. I mean, light was barely the sun was barely up. I mean, I could barely even see the guy. In fact, in fact, he didn't look. He didn't look like he was a jogger. He had a camo vest on. Like, uh, I just made a New Year's resolution that I'm going to keep. And he's Mr. Resolution Guy. And he's set out on January 1st to go jogging no matter what. That's the way most of us approach this change in our lives. I'm going to be a New Year's resolution guy. I don't care, because I'm tougher than you. You're going to sleep in, but I'm going to get up in the sleep and I'm going to go jogging. I'm serious about this change, right? (laughs) I don't think I'll see that guy in other weeks coming to church, probably. He's probably done jogging. It really looked like a bad experience. But let's go to Colossians, back to Colossians chapter 2, verse 20. So he starts with this, this uh, inflection point, this union with Jesus. Because I'm spiritually united with Jesus, I have died, it says, to the elemental spirits of the world. Now that, that's a, that's not a helpful, well, it's a hard word to translate. Let me say it that way. The, it just means the elemental things of the world. Some, translate, some translations say the elemental principles or the fundamental principles of the world. And I think that's probably better. Spirits makes us think of something spooky or something that's you know in another realm. I think what he's talking about here is the way that most people talk about the way the world works. You're dead to that. What I mean by that is karma. Most people talk about the world as though karma happens, right? You get what you give, and it comes back around, and the universe remembers your generosity. Really? Somehow I don't think that, but that's the way people talk. That is a fundamental or elemental way of looking at the world. One of the things he has in mind here is um, trying to approach God by your good works. By keeping the law. By being a good person. By doing the right thing. By being that kind of person that everybody looks up to. Being that kind of person. You know what? That's an elemental principle of the world. There's every, every religion says, be good, do good. Every religion does. That is a fundamental way of viewing the world. It doesn't matter where you are in the world, somebody's going to suggest to you, you need to be a good person. Okay? So, notice this sentence then. If that really, that kind of thing, okay, that kind of category of thing, is elemental spirits of the world, you have died to that by Jesus. 
I've died to being a good person with Christ. Interesting. Because it asks this. Why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to its regulations? Why are you going to try and regulate your life so that you get out of it what you hope to get out of it? Okay. If with Christ you died in the elemental spirits, why as if? Notice what he says. As if you were still alive in the world. You're not still alive in the world. You've died with Christ. Don't live as if. Live as if you've died with Christ. Because that's your new identity. So don't submit to regulations. Here are the regulations. Do not handle. Do not taste. Do not touch. I'm just going to stop right there. What are church people known for? What they're against. What you're not supposed to do. Right? I mean, how those of you who grew up in the church have probably seen the wagging finger from, from your mom who probably licked it and wiped off sleep from your eye before she took you to Sunday school. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. In other words, get your act together. All these refer to things that perish as they're used. Okay, whether there are things... I mean, there are... The Christian publishers make a ton of money with books that say you need to be radical. You need to be... You need to do hard things. You need to... You need to... Um, Develop in yourself this character. And refers to things that perish as they're used according to human precepts and teachings. I mean, I just want you to I want you to try and think about and as you read things in this coming year and as you as you as you attempt to understand this union with Christ, I want you to to think what are the human precepts and teachings? Would this work? I mean, could you take this very thing, take the Bible verses out of it, and apply it to business? Or apply it to some other thing? And what happens is a lot of times the reason the verses got in there is they took it from here and they put the verses in and then they give it back to you. And they say, this is how you should do it. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Don't be known for what you're against in hopes that what you're against will get you where you want to go. Because it doesn't. But, here's the trick. These things do indeed have an appearance of wisdom. <laughs> it looks like the right way. It looks like, on the face of it, that if the person who's more religious, that that, that would please God, I would think. I would think. It would seem that the person that doesn't participate on all these vices that we saw the list of earlier, that that would please God. It appears that that would work. 
See, this is a tricky thing. It appears that this is going to be your ticket. It promotes self-made religion. Okay, I mean, I, I grew up with self-made religion. I mean, I grew up uh, being told that you know, dancing is bad, movies are bad, um, you know, drinking, smoking, chewing, all those things are bad. Lots of things are bad. And, you know, some of them are. And some of the good things about them can be done in bad ways. And so it appears that just telling everyone everything's bad and keeping them away from bad things, it appears that that, in the name of religion especially, is a self-made religion that leads to where you want to go. And another name for that is asceticism. The way that that works is severity to the body. Okay. I mean, think about the things, think about the people that you look up to. Maybe the writers, maybe the, the saints of old, maybe, maybe the person down the pew from you who's more spiritual than you and you just know that somehow. And you look at them and you say, oh, if I was only like them. If I could only read the Bible for four hours a day like they do. Okay, let's just say. I read the Bible for four hours a day. That would be a good thing it appears. Or maybe fasting. Or maybe throwing prayer meetings. Or hosting a life group. All those things that we'd say, good, 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 good. Right? If you're doing them in hopes to be good, it's simply promoting self-made religion, asceticism, severity of the body. They are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. This is really important. You cannot self-improve yourself into the spiritual life. You cannot pull yourself up by your bootstraps and put yourself where you need to be. You cannot try harder and end up more virtuous in the eyes of God. This, this has very big ramifications for us as we fight addictions. In habits that caught, that pull us back, we 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 think, how do you take care of that addiction? And I, I I fight the addiction by, you know, trying harder, by going to meetings, by doing things. When in reality, it is the power of Jesus within me to whom I'm united that frees me from it, because I've died to that old thing with Him. No value. So, so what I was tempted to do, say, may you have a new year full of love and peace. Go out and be loving. Go out and be peaceful. What I was tempted to do, this tells me, would be of no value. Because the minute we come up against our own uh, flesh, our own, which simply means our own desires, our own way of living, and I, I'm trying to do that and be more loving, I can't. So then what? Then what? Well, here's, here's what it says. This is the quest. 
for you and for me in 2017. If you have been raised with Christ. So we have, interestingly, both the death with Christ and the resurrection with Christ. It isn't just that we died to those old way of doing things, to the old principles and values that, that basically everyone would say are the right thing. It isn't just that we've died to those. It's that now we have been raised with Christ to a new kind of life. If you have been raised with Christ, you, you are now spiritually alive because you are with Christ. Here's the quest. Seek the things that are above. Where Christ is. Seek the things that are above where Christ is. He's seated at the right hand of God in authority and privilege. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. This is a quest. This is, this is the thing to do having been united with Christ. Seek the things that are above. Okay. Fine to say. What does it mean? Set your minds on things above. How do I do that? Well, the interesting thing is, this makes this makes you, this may make you as crazy as it makes me. Okay, I'm just going to say, how do I do this? I do this by avoiding sin, by by the things that are questionable. Not even entertaining the things that are questionable. By Gathering with God's people on a Sunday morning, even if it was a late night last night? By fasting, by prayer, by being in a life group? By saying no to the bad things and yes to love and yes to peace? And pursuing those... Wait a minute! Didn't I just say that that didn't help? So right here, right this this is it right here. Okay. You can do the same thing for different reasons, and one won't help you, and the very same thing done for a different reason will help you. So seek the things that are above, set your mind on things above. What that is is simply do what you do in order to cultivate your love for Jesus. You see, if, if I say, and I do, you hear me all the time. In fact, I've given New Year's messages with this being the very point. You've got to be in God's Word. You've got to find time every day to be in God's Word. I'm just going to tell you that every Sunday if I can. It's just that important. But, you can take that piece of advice and you can go over here and say, okay, severity of the body. I don't care if i got anything against the body. I'm going to get up. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to be that New Year's resolution guy running in the rain. Okay. You can do that. You can grit your teeth and make it happen. But somehow, you know and I know, right? 
you're going to miss, that's going to miss the point, isn't it? But, you could have the very same morning and you do the very same thing. You set your alarm at the very same time. You get out of bed the very same side and you get the very same cup of coffee and you open the very same Bible and it is sweet to you and it is rich and you see Jesus and your heart is full of love because that's why you're going there. You're going on this quest to seek the things that are above. You can then I'm just gonna I'm just gonna assume a few things about your life, but I know a lot of you skip breakfast. Well, let's assume then after that you have breakfast, okay? With your family. Okay, you have breakfast with your family. And you have this you you can do you can have the same breakfast with your family. By saying, I'm gonna be a family man. In fact, I'm uh I'm working hard at it. I'm gonna be really nice to them today. No matter what. Okay, and you can do your best. And they might frustrate you. What if they frustrate you? Okay, their, their frustration is, is to be expected, probably. Alright? But I'm trying harder and they're still frustrating me. Okay? But what if you had the same breakfast and they still frustrate you and you say, you know what? I'm setting my mind on things above, not on things of earth. So that what goes on right now isn't the main issue. The main issue is, am I making progress toward loving Jesus? Because they're frustrating me. <laughs> okay? Because, guess what? That's the fastest way to be frustrated by other people. To be, to be provoked. That's the way you, that's the fastest way to progress. I'm sorry. Okay? But it is. And so you're, you're, you're there, you're having the same breakfast, and you're minding the things that are in heaven, and you're saying, you know what? How can, what can I say here to this family to change their trajectory for the day? Because I want them to mind things that are above, not on things on earth. And I want to mind things above, not on things of earth. I want to pay attention to the things of Jesus. Want to love Jesus together. That's a whole different breakfast, even though the cereal's the same. And I go through my whole day the same way. But because I've been united with Jesus, my life is about loving Jesus rather than about doing things. Rather than about um, being somebody I'm supposed to be. But you're going to say, am I not supposed to be that way? You probably are supposed to be loving and peaceful and, you know, compassionate and forgiving and but for the sake of Jesus because I love Jesus this union with Jesus changes you from the elemental principles of karma and the universe remembers and all these other things that just you be a good person it'll work out for you it changes you from that to saying do you know what I want to 
I want to love and serve because Jesus has loved and served me. I'm going to seek Him and the things that are above. I want to, I want to tithe out of gratitude to the Lord, not because I read in a financial principles book that people who give 10% get more. I tell you, I've read that in several secular financial books. That's not why you do You don't give to get the tax deduction. You give because Jesus has given to you. And you're seeking Him. And so, yes, it's the same dollar. It's the very same thing done for a different reason. I'm seeking something different. I'm pursuing Jesus. I'm not pursuing being that kind of person. I'm not looking to be religious. But I am religious because I'm looking for Jesus. And I do believe I find Him when God's people gather together and when I'm in a life group and when I'm doing religious type things. If I do them with the right focus... I find Him. Seek the things that are above. Set your minds on things on earth. For you have died. Believing in Jesus means you died to the old life. And your life is hidden with Christ and God. So You're so united with Jesus now that you have believed in Him. Like it or not, God understands you to already have His righteousness. So you don't need to to seek it on your own as though you're going to generate it from self-effort. You now can rest in Jesus and pursue the union with Jesus in a way then that frees you from those other things and gives you delight as you pursue Him. I mean, look at this. It's just everywhere here. You can't escape. When Christ... Who is your life? Your life is not defined by the work you do. It's not defined by the place you live. It's not defined by your family. It's defined by Christ as your new identity. And so when He is your life and He appears, you also will appear with Him in glory. It is a great hope. A great hope. And it changes the way that you live life. <clears throat> I hope, I hope and I pray that as you, I mean, and I, I appreciate you. I want you to know I appreciate you coming this morning. I mean, it was New Year's Eve last night. I mean, I went to bed early because I, I knew I had, and I've already forgotten two things that I was supposed to do this morning and in service. But I was afraid I'd forget more than that. And so I said, I've got to go to bed early so I'm at my best in the morning. Like, and I thought, what if I'm the only person who can stay awake because everyone else has been up late? I appreciate you, you know, coming this morning even though it was a, ho- you know, a holiday last night. But I want you next week to come not... To say, oh, I've got to do my religious thing. I'm part of this church. I've got to go see these people. I've got to go dressed up, blah, blah, blah. Rather say, my heart longs for Jesus. 
I'm setting my mind on things above. I'm seeking what is above. I'm going to go meet with Jesus this morning. That's what worship needs to be about. I hope before then you'll get up in the morning or you'll go to bed and reading your Bible or some, somewhere you'll find time to read your Bible. I hope so. Not because I've made you feel guilty. Oh, I forgot to do that in 2016. But because in it, in that book, is Jesus. And you're going to seek the things that are above. You're going to to use that five minutes to set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And it's going to be that pursuit, that quest to, to set your mind and to seek things above that changes 2017. And from it, you see, if you look down, if you look down the text, from it proceeds all of the virtues, the compassionate hearts, the patience, the forgiveness, All of that comes from your identity with Christ. Getting rid of all of the vices, all of that comes from your unity with Christ. And so I hope and pray that 2017 for you will be a year when you set your minds on things above, where you seek the things that are above because you have died with Christ and risen with Him. Let me pray for you. Actually, before I do pray for you, I forgot a third thing. This is one of those mornings. I'm sorry. But as part of your, as part of our union with Christ, we get to celebrate the Lord's Supper. You see, that's really what, that's really why He left this for us, so that I mean, He He said. This is my body. This is a new covenant in my blood. When you eat it and drink it, you are making manifest the union you have with Christ. And so I would invite you to the table. If you're a believer in Jesus, uh, please celebrate with us. There's two, um, two tables in the front and two in the rear with the elements I invite you to get the elements and return to your seat and we'll all celebrate together in just a few moments. But um, this, is a, this is a time when you're saying my, uh, my different direction in life is determined not by my effort, but by Christ who is my life. So let me pray for you and then we'll uh, celebrate communion. Heavenly Father, thank you for thank you for the forgiveness that we have in Christ. Thank you even more than that that the power and the hope that we have for our day-to-day life comes from him. And even more than that, thank you that when he appears, we will appear with him in glory and there will be a future hope for us. Oh God, would you, would you help us to enjoy that? And even by experiencing it some here in communion, to appreciate it even more. And we'll thank you in the name of our risen Savior.